grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Today, this Sunday, is the first Sunday in Lent. And as I did my preparation for this sermon, it struck me just how important the concept of time was, both in the temptation account we read of in Luke and for us in our reflection this Lenten season. Similar to how it is understood today, even in the first century, time was seen in two very distinct concepts. The first is the chronological view of time. It's the obvious one, that time goes from point A to point B. That 60 seconds is a minute, 60 minutes, an hour, 24 hours, a day. This is the concept of time that's a matter of fact. But there's also a second concept of time that we can all understand. It's what's technically known as the qualitative sense of time. It's that things occur at either the right or the wrong time. That there's a proper and improper time to do certain things. It's what we express when we say things like, that's just what I needed to hear right now, or that's not the proper time to bring it up. And as we look at our lives, I'm sure we can all remember to either our great joy or our great frustration, events that happened at either the best or the worst possible time. I bring up these two concepts of time because of the importance that they do have in the temptation account in Luke chapter 4, the text of our sermon today, and for ourselves in Lent. The first aspect of time that is important is in the text. In fact, it's the timing in which the temptation account occurs, or rather what has just occurred before it. See, just before the temptation account, we read of the very baptism of Christ. That Christ was baptized in the Jordan River by John the Baptist, and God's voice from heaven rang out and said, You are my beloved Son, and with you I am well pleased. And as we get to the start of our reading, we read that full of the Holy Spirit, Jesus was led into the wilderness for a period of 40 days. Those 40 days are the second important factor that time has in this account, and it's also why that on this Sunday, for approximately 1,500 years, this very text has been read. Because starting on Ash Wednesday and excluding Sundays, there are 40 days in Lent until Easter. And we also read that Jesus in those days ate nothing. That's why traditionally Christians had fasted during Lent or perhaps today just give up a single thing. And then we get to the temptations in our text and the words that the devil uses point directly back to that baptismal account that had just occurred. He begins the first temptation of Jesus with, if you are the son of God. It's the old trick from the Garden of Eden. Did God really say you shall not eat of any tree? When the devil tempts Jesus by saying, if you are the son of God, he might as well be saying, did God really say you are 
my beloved son, and with you I am well pleased. And the first temptation the devil uses is the obvious one. It's the one we can probably best understand. The devil says, if you're hungry, and if you are the son of God, then command these stones and make them bread. Fix the problem that is right in front of you. And Jesus gives an immediate rebuttal, quoting Deuteronomy 8, verse 3. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone. Not easily discouraged, the devil tempts him a second time, showing him the kingdoms of the known world in just a moment of time, and saying that they will all be his if all he does is bow down and worship the devil. Everything that this world could offer, all the power and prestige that anyone could ever dream of. And yet again, Jesus' rebuttal is clear. It is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And again, not easily discouraged, the devil takes Jesus up to the pinnacle of the temple in Jerusalem and tells him, if you are God's son, well then throw yourself down. And if you are God's son, then trust in God's word. Specifically, the words found in our Old Testament reading, Psalm 91, where God says that his angels will guard you and no great injury will befall you. Quoting Psalm 91 is a particularly powerful temptation because Psalm 91 is a protection psalm. It pairs like items together to show what God does for those who are faithful, for those who trust in him. And the devil tells Jesus that if you are the son of God, and God apparently offers this protection, the protection to lowly sinners whom he is not well pleased, well then, how much greater your protection must be as his son with whom he is well pleased. That this is the perfect time to put into practice what you keep saying is written. And here Jesus' rebuttal is perhaps clearest of all. Saying it is said, not it is written, but it is said, the Lord says that Jesus, God in the flesh, the word incarnate says to the devil, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And the devil seeing that his deception was not going to work in the wilderness as it had in the Garden of Eden, we read, departed from him until an opportune time. And as we get to that last verse, that the devil departed from him until an opportune time, that brings us to the third way in which time plays a very important part in our Lenten season. See, that opportune time is not just a literary device that's thrown in at the end. No, there is a very real opportune time. It's the time in which the devil thought he had seized his opportunity. That opportune time in our text is directly connected to the events we read of in Luke 22, where Satan enters Judas. Judas betrays Christ, 
And Christ says to those who arrest him in the garden, says to the devil, this is your hour, the power of darkness. I bring us back to the two concepts of time I discussed at the beginning. And as we think of Lent, we may be tempted to only think of Lent as this chronologically connected time period in which we remember just how great the magnitude of our sins are, or where we deny ourselves a particular treat for 40 days, or where we don't say the word, Alleluia. Whoops. Yet, I challenge you to think of Lent as not just this period of 40 days, but rather as the opportune time, to think of the very opportune time that is referenced in our text. Because Lent is not just the season that we decide to try and pull ourselves together, that we decide that, well, I'm going to be strong in the face of temptation, that Jesus did it for 40 days, so can I. Time to reflect on how we need to be better as God's children. No, Lent is not that. It's rather the time to reflect and realize that you cannot hope by your own reason or strength to rise and meet the challenge of the devil. A time to reflect on what a familiar hymn tells us, that that old evil foe does truly seek to do us woe, and that we who are on earth are not his, the devil's, equal. And yet, in that reflection, in that humility, Humility that comes from understanding that you cannot defeat sin, death, and the devil. Out of all of that springs forth confidence. Confidence because although we falter in the face of temptation, Christ did not. And although we are not always faithful to God's will, Christ was. And though we are not obedient to what God's word tells us, Christ was obedient unto death, even death on a cross. Confidence to say what Paul tells the church in Rome, what God's word says to you here today in our epistle lesson, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That everyone who believes in him, in Christ, will not be put to shame. We have confidence because the same Lord is truly Lord of all. And as a result of his rising to meet the challenge, as a result of his ability to stay faithful in the face of temptation, we can say what the psalmist does in Psalm 91, that truly God is our refuge and our fortress, that although we are weak, he is strong. Or as a particular theologian would have put it, ein feste Berg ist unser Gott, a mighty fortress is our God. Out of that reflection in Lent of our shame out of the sinful ways of our lives and our sinful nature, 
these 40 days are a time to reflect on all that. But most importantly, these 40 days are a time to reflect on the fact that that old evil foe you could have no chance in defeating, well, just one little word had felled him. He can harm us none, and on the cross and in Christ's resurrection, he's been judged, and the deed is done. And that truly, even in our sin, as sinful people, the kingdom ours remaineth. Amen. Now we rise to sing our hymn of response.
Please be seated.